0: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer.
1: And I'm Jake Sherman.
0: And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchful News. It's Thursday, June 30th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, how top Democratic lawmakers see the overturning of Roe versus Wade playing in the midterms. Number two, January 6th committee's latest subpoena. And number three, we've got the latest on will reconciliation happen or not. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We are recording in the top of Punchbowl News AM uh, a kind of deep dive looking at the latest thinking of some of the top lawmakers involved in the midterm elections at the congressional level about the impact of the Dobbs Supreme Court decision, which struck down Roe versus Wade. Democrats, I think probably unsurprisingly, saying their base will be energized. Um, But it's a pretty interesting look here about how they kind of see this as actually an opportunity uh, in an otherwise pretty dismal uh, election cycle.
1: Yeah, well, let's first note um, that Rick Scott, uh, chair of the NRSC, and Tom Emmer, chair of the NRCC, uh, we're not available, let's call it, Anna, to talk about this issue. Rick Scott told us he—Rick he, he Rick Scott's representative said that he was not available for um, for two weeks to talk to us. He's a busy Emmer's. guy, man. He's got a lot guy. going on. He must. Uh, and Tom Emmer, the chair of the NRCC, said he would—sent uh, over a statement saying record gas and grocery prices will be the deciding issue. Of this midterm, um, a deciding issue, undoubtedly for a lot of people, not for um, not for Democrats, or at least they hope. Now, a few data points here. Number one, uh, Maris poll, I believe, uh, late last week or early or at some point this week. The weeks are blending together for us, Anna, but um, <laughs> suggests that seventy six percent of Democrats say that they will be more likely to vote given the Dobbs decision, which overturned Roe v. Wade. So there's definitely a, um, let's call it a um, uh, motivation factor for Democrats here. Um, so we did talk to pretty much every Democrat in control here. Uh, Sean Patrick Maloney, the chair of the DCCC, said that Dobbs was a game changer um, and the and three different areas are um, – uh, pushing Democrats to the polls, that's gun safety January 6th, and what he called reproductive freedom, that's going to matter in November, he said. Hakeem Jeffries said he's seen a level of intensity and activity unseen um, since the uh, Republican attempts to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Gary Peters, the chair of the, NRS, uh, the DSCC, uh, said that in three states, New Hampshire, Arizona, and Nevada, three uh pro-choice in his estimation states um where they also have very competitive uh uh senate races um he thinks that this decision will bring people out to the polls now i mean the question anna is and i i guess i'll throw this to you i'll throw the hard question to you got to want to answer it <laughs> um, uh i guess the question is how do you keep voters engaged i don't know the answer to that i don't know i am not entirely sure how you keep voters engaged um until November so uh what say you
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be the the big question, right? I think Democrats, uh, as I as I open to the top, right, the headwinds are against them in this election cycle for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I think that, you know, when you talk to Democrats, they see this as an opportunity to not only get their base energized, but also try to target the independent uh, and, you know, kind of moderate Republican voters. And that's where it matters, right? That's where it matters, right? On these issues, and the the, to your point, the biggest thing is going to be how do they sustain this, right? I mean, the election is around the corner, but it's a long time for folks, right? There's going to be a lot of news cycles between now and um, you know election day. I think one of the interesting points to look at here, though, is how Democrats in some of these key races are not shying away from cultural issues this cycle on the Democratic side. um, You know, when you look at Maggie Hassan in New Hampshire, you look at Catherine Cortez Masto in Nevada, um, they're heavily leaning into abortion rights messaging following the Dobbs decision. Um, You know, these are two politicians who aren't known for flamethrowing by, by any stretch. Uh, and so kind of interesting to see them work on this. And then the other opportunity Democrats look at is to, to have some of these legal challenges. And that's going to be a one way that they try to keep the drumbeat beyond just, you know, kind of folks who are really, um, in the activist community, but trying to kind of keep this top of mind for, um, you know, kind of Americans across the country.
1: Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, I, I think we tend to oversimplify these things right i mean elections turn on a whole host of issues um uh and the question is um can they get motivated folks to turn out on it's not it's not it's never one issue um that's why i never i never kind of um that's why I don't agree when people say, well, people won't vote on January 6th. They won't vote on democracy. Some people will, right? I mean, some people will vote on democracy. Some people will vote on, um, on abortion. Some people will vote on gas. A lot of people will vote on gas prices and inflation. The question is um, those independent voters and what are they voting on?
0: All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Uh, we have been breaking a ton of news, Jake, uh, last week and this week when it comes to the January 6th committee. Uh, and for our premium subscribers, they knew around 2 p.m. yesterday that there was going to be a new January 6th select committee subpoena uh, that was out. Tell us what you reported.
1: Yeah, Pat Cipollone, who is the was the White House uh, counsel for uh, pres- former President Donald Trump, um, was subpoenaed by the january 6th committee this was a um fallout i guess you could say from uh, cassidy hutchinson's testimony she testified that uh cipollone uh, uh warned people in the white house about the danger of january 6th and uh that people wanted to hang mike pence mark meadows said to him well um Uh, you know, Trump wants Pence to be hanged, uh, which is, uh, quite stunning. Cipollone has, um, has talked to the January 6th committee. He did not do a transcribed interview. He did not do sworn testimony. I don't, or he, I don't, he didn't do a, a, a transcribed interview, and he wasn't on videotape. I'm not entirely sure if he was sworn in. The committee wants him to now come in under oath and wants him to testify about um, uh, what he saw on January 6th, and they believe, uh, according to our sources, that he cannot claim executive privilege on a things that might have been crimes and b on conversations he had with people other than Donald Trump he does have some privilege uh about uh on on things he talked about with the former president but um this will be a critical moment for this committee whether they can get Cipollone to testify uh not entirely clear to me but it will be i mean we're already in tomorrow's july so they have to kind of get on the stick here and figure out whether they can get him to testify. His answer here will be interesting. Uh, I think he's going to have to determine quite quickly how he wants to handle this and what his what his stance will be.
0: Right. And if this actually ends up in the courts, uh, as to, that'll to be take decided. a while. That'll take a
1: while. I mean, maybe not, maybe not, though. Anna. I mean, maybe a court will say, well, this is urgent and they'll hear it quickly. So I not entirely clear to me how that will shake out.
0: All right, let's move to the number three story of the morning. Wow, we're talking about reconciliation once again, Jake. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Joe Manchin have continued to grind away on reconciliation talks with the hope of voting on a compromised $1 trillion package by the end of July before Congress leaves for the August recess. The big, big question, uh, does this actually happen? Can Washington's oddest couple actually reach an agreement Uh, And, you know, not only can they reach an agreement, can they then get all of their Democratic colleagues to also be on board for this? This has been a lot of drama over many months uh, from the larger BBB package to a smaller package uh, that they've been negotiating kind of in behind the scenes. Uh, This is going to be super interesting and there's a lot at stake. I think a lot of people I've been talking to over the last week are kind of laser focused now on what provisions could actually get into this package. Uh, particularly when it comes uh, to the tax side of things.
1: Yeah, so there's so there's three things to kind of keep in mind. Number one, Manchin, Joe Manchin, who is the key player here says he wants any reconciliation bill to raise taxes. Um will that pass the house? I don't know the answer to that. There is, do do
0: senators want to raise taxes three months before an election? If you're on um, the democratic side,
1: I I, I talked to a, uh, a senior official or a senior aide to a vulnerable Senate Democrat who said, if it included the prescription drug piece, negotiate, uh, uh, that, that could help out over outweigh, I guess is the word I'm looking for the, uh, tax increases. Maybe, maybe not. Um, or as fish would say, maybe so, maybe not. Um, number <laughs> t- number two, uh, is that prescription drug pack, uh, 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 piece. I mean, mansion that is like low hanging fruit. Number three, I guess there's four issues. Number three, um, uh, ACA. So ACA subsidies are, um, are running out at the end of the, at the end of the year. And, um, Will Manchin accept that? The Democrats certainly want that in the package number four. Remember, July is gonna be the month that Democrats try to get seek over the finish line. Um yeah, that, that is the, the the that is mission critical in July. Um, all of those three dynamics are worth watching.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I just wanted to uh, note that we have a new virtual event uh, that is going to be on the books. Uh, it's going to be a pop-up conversation with Representative Brad Sherman, the Democrat from California, on Tuesday, July 12th at 9 a.m. We're going to be talking to him about how Washington is looking to regulate financial markets. Uh, certainly going to be an interesting conversation giving inflation and rising interest rates. You can sign up for that uh, at our our events hub at the Punchbowl News website at punchbowl.news. You can also get our free morning newsletter uh, with all of the information we talk about in this podcast and much more at punchbowl.news. Please, you can share this podcast. It's the best way for folks to find out about The Daily Punch. We really appreciate you listening. Have a great day and stay safe.